I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, October 28, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Let's do a quick recap of where we are. We've made new highs. It's a revelation. We've been discussing the fact that the market can certainly get up to 305. That's speaking of the SPY. 3050 would be the corresponding level in the S&P 500. That doesn't have to be the end, but let's take a holistic look of where we are, what the week has in store, what we have on tap. So we have a lot of earnings coming out. We had Google after the bell. We'll take a look at some stocks later in the video. We also have the Fed on tap this week. It is Kabuki Theater Week. So they'll meet Tuesday and Wednesday, concluding Wednesday, and then they'll give their interest rate announcement. Whether they cut rates or they don't cut rates, I certainly don't think they're out to surprise the market at this point. What usually happens leading up to the Fed? So for example, we start discussing, air quotes, the market is waiting for the Fed. So obviously the market gets quiet, it's been quiet, it remains quiet, it was basically Friday afternoon 2.0 today. But if applying the 80-20 rule, if we say 80% of the time, what happens a day or two leading up to the Fed announcement, the market kind of stands still, runs in place for a while, maybe goes a little bit back and forth, but the reality is it generally doesn't get very far unless we're at one of those periods where the market is trying to tell the Fed something, meaning the tail wagging the dog. We're not really in that scenario right now, so my expectation, of course this could change tomorrow, but the expectation is we'll probably be stuck in the mud for a couple of days leading up to the Fed announcement, and then the usual, the market will go through an EKG Wednesday afternoon, pick a direction, and go. They'll parse the words, they'll pick it apart, They'll give the meanings, the supposed meanings, the meaning behind the meaning, and we'll go from there. But leading up to that, it generally remains rather quiet. Today was painfully quiet. We had a gap up in the morning. Here's a 15-minute chart, and you can see the obvious, right? We had a move higher. Then we had the infamous bull flag pattern. Here we have a gap higher this morning, and inside the numbers members we're getting, for the most part, right out of the gate, as long as the market stays above the opening range low, should be okay for the day. If, in fact, we didn't even come down to test the opening range low, that would generally signify an attempt at the old highs from this morning in the afternoon. They made that attempt. They didn't quite get to the old highs from this morning, but nevertheless, the market was basically stuck in the mud. We had a gap and go, only we just gapped and we didn't really go. We just gapped, got stuck, and went sideways. That's where we went, sideways. However, sideways, we can still take something away from the day. So what is this? This is another flag pattern. Here's the pole, there's the flag, and what does this generally do? results in another move to the upside. Will we get that right away? We don't know yet. And we certainly know that Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, also known as Trick and Company, can certainly show up to shake out some of the Johnny-come-latelys. 
Here's a little short hop. We'll take a look at the morning notes and we'll go on throughout the day. There wasn't a lot of activity from inside the numbers today, but nevertheless, you should understand what's here and whether or not it can be helpful or not. Because on the busy days, I'm here to tell you it's busy. There's a lot of notes coming. There's a lot of stuff coming and we stay on top of the market. Even before the opening bell, right out of the gate, we're already eyeballing a continuation of the Friday float, a la Friday afternoon 2.0. And so as the morning goes on, we see additional notes being taken, commentary being put forth and posted, regardless of whatever is or is not going on, certainly within the first 60 to 90 minutes of the day, you never know what can develop, so we stay on top of the market. Scroll up some more. You can stop the video. You can read it if you wish. You can see what's here. Again, not a lot of activity today, but there's always something to discuss. There's always a takeaway. We start discussing the transports and the VIX. We'll get to the VIX in a little while. Always we'll see interesting things. Sometimes divergences will begin to develop small, quietly, one at a time. So we pay attention. We watch them unfold. And we look for things that could potentially be dominoes. But right now, we have to have the understanding. And let's go back to the daily chart for this. We need to understand we're at new highs. They're breaking out to new highs. Can it fail and turn around, collapse in the other direction? Absolutely. On Tuesday or Wednesday or any day, you find the market trading below today's low, filling the gap and trading below the gap. Something else is developing that we obviously need to know about. But until and unless that happens, the market has broken out to new highs. There's no reason it can't go higher. Whether it should or not, in someone's mind, doesn't make any difference. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter what I think. Doesn't matter what John and Jane Doe around the corner think. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. Our job is to identify what it is doing and if we could put our finger on the highest probability scenario going forward, what's not the highest probability scenario going forward? The highest probability scenario is not the fact that we're going to wake up tomorrow to a huge gap down and the market will collapse from there. It's possible. It's just not necessarily probable. It's also not probable we're going to find the S&P up at 3100 before the Fed. It's possible it's just not probable. The reality is we're probably not going to get too far from where we are right now before the Fed. This is discussing in and around the 80-20 rule. This would be 80% of the time everything I just said would apply. About the weekly chart, taking a snapshot, we need to know something important. It's early in the week. Friday's a long way off. But remember this. This breakdown candle high, we did not close above it last week. The close last week was 301.60. Let's move this over. Let's all understand what the numbers are. 301.60. The high of this breakdown candle happens to be 301.93. We can close above there this week, but closing back below this week, Maybe something else. We don't know. Just putting it in your mind, it's something we need to watch for as the week begins to unfold. If we're making significantly higher highs as the week goes on, we're not going to pay too much attention to that. If we're trading lower than we are now by the end of the week, then we are going to be paying attention to that. So I just wanted to put that in your mind. 
put it on a sticky note, put it off to the side. We'll worry about it in a couple of days. Camp IWM, comfortably above the trend line, going higher, leading the market. We have two favorite market leading indicators. The IWM is A number one, transports A number two. We'll get to those in a moment. Just like the S&P, above all the moving averages, now obviously above the trend line, comfortably above everything, we're approaching again this double top area. We approached the double top here and failed. Here we are approaching a double top from the failed double top, and we'll see what happens next. Let me draw out what I was just discussing in case it was not clear. So the market ran up, and we came into a double top, okay? We collapsed. So the double top worked, meaning the market was rejected away from that double top area. Now we came back around again. Are we going to be rejected at this area or bust through this area? We don't know yet, but this area under normal garden variety market conditions should be overhead resistance. Let's not lose sight of where we've come from in the period of time that we've got here. This low down here corresponds with the SPY 285 for those of you that remember that this was on the 3rd of October less than four weeks ago it's like 200 handles in the S&P the reason I bring that up is to point out under normal garden variety market conditions with the IWM no matter how bullish everything is no matter how bullish the media is are they under normal garden variety market conditions just going to blow through this area and keep going the answer is they can test it, they can spike it, but they're not going to just keep going day after day after day for another three weeks in a row. It doesn't work like that. Looking at the weekly chart, just to put everything in perspective, you're coming up to some important pivots here. There's another one here right above it, okay? There's another one right above that. So between current price and about 161, you bet your bottom dollar you're going to find what? Overhead resistance. Now, back to the daily chart, again, just putting it in perspective, this represents about 159, give or take. This represents slightly higher. Then we have up here the 161, so you know that the market may run up here, may spike a little bit, do some testing, some spiking, whatever it wants to do, but under normal garden variety market conditions, you're going to have some kind of a pullback up here. Doesn't mean the market's going to collapse. I'm just mapping out what the expectation should be. How about the VIX? I got a short stack of VIX emails today. That's good. Means everybody's paying attention. So why did I get the emails? Number one, because the VIX was up today while the stock market was up. That is a little bit of an anomaly. So we want to talk through that. We want to see if we could find something here. Is the VIX trying to tell us something? The other reason is, and I'll move this over Friday, the VIX made a low of $12.62. For those of you that remember, I said sub-13, $12.75, maybe even as low as $12.50. I believe that was what I said. So I want to note a couple of things going on here. Just so happens, the VIX comes into the price that we talked about several days ago, came into around $12.60. Now we're back above $13, and the market was up, and the VIX was up, we made the low on Friday. I'm not sure there's any accidences or coincidences. Accidences? Maybe it's just accidents or coincidences. Either way, how do you read this is the question. Here's the answer. 
Here's the low that we're interested in. The low is 11.69. A trader could be collecting the VIX with time on their side. You don't want to play next Friday's options. But a trader can be long against the low, meaning a daily close below the low here, 11.69, and you'd have to reassess and reevaluate the trade. But you can be long against the daily close or as long as you get daily closes above 11.69. Did I buy the VIX on Friday? That's the next question. The answer is, no, I didn't. The next question is, why not? Because my mother-in-law was here, and the whole weekend was out the window. It started on Friday and went for a few days. Had I not been distracted, would I have bought the VIX down there? I'm not so sure. Let me give you the reason why. The stock market, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, whichever one you want to pick, the market's breaking out. We're leading up into a Fed announcement. We could certainly have a turnaround at the Fed announcement. Heck, we could have a turnaround Tuesday. But under normal garden variety market conditions, the market tends to go to sleep leading up to the Fed announcement. Didn't really want to be short into the Fed announcement. Long the VIX is essentially synonymous with short the market. So I really don't know if I would have had I saw it on Friday. But I'm still watching. How about the component where the VIX is up 3.5% today and the stock market's up? Why wasn't the VIX down today? And here's the only thing I can come up with. We've seen this before. We're leading up into a Fed announcement. The market's at a high, at an all-time high. It's high on the chart compared to where we were just a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. People buy protection. Doesn't mean they're selling everything in their portfolio, but they can and do buy protection. Whether they're buying the VIX as a vehicle in and of itself, or they're buying puts in the S&P or an other index, it's a form of insurance. In addition to that, it's also a way that the VIX is indicating that something other than new highs or continued new highs may be on the horizon. So we have to take all these things into consideration. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes, taking in the data, deciding which data is more important than which data, putting the puzzle pieces on the table, assembling the picture, going from there. What's doing down at the transportation department? Now, this one was interesting because the transports went higher and they reversed and they stayed down pretty close to the flat line, zero line, all day long. So I thought that was interesting. We noted it inside the numbers as it was developing, as it developed, and we noted a turnaround in the transports as a potential canary in the coal mine. It is definitely a canary in the coal mine, but not necessarily day in day out or not necessarily linked the same day so it's something we want to note we want to see what develops over the next day and beyond that if the transports are trying to indicate something we'll take the information gladly since we do have something developing in the transports let's take a look at the hourly chart do we see anything different than we see in other charts on the hourly of the transports so we do have somewhat of a little tiny bear flag pattern. Maybe this plays into the 20 period moving average. It's not really that big of a deal. They can do this in the first few minutes of trading and turn the market around in the morning. We're not going to make a big deal of it, but it is what we see on the market. So let's take a look at the spider and see if we see the same thing on the hourly. So the hourly is one of those bull flag patterns. We looked at that before. So we have to note the divergence. We put it as a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We move on.
Why don't we really want to make a huge deal out of the transports being near the flat line all day long, not really participating in a rally? Why don't we want to make a big deal at it? What's the other side of that coin? Look how much it's up. Look how far away it is from the moving averages. Coincidentally, all of them, all four, are converging at the same time and headed upward. This isn't an uptrend, but it's not out of the realm of possibility to have some downward activity for a while. We can let the moving averages work up toward price, let price work down toward the moving averages, eat some time off the clock. A combination of any of those things is normal garden variety market behavior. What's the time to start getting worried about the transports if we start closing daily below 10,658? What's the significance of that number? That's the low of the last breakup candle. So even if we came down a little bit, what's to say they're not just consolidating to make another move higher inside of the last up move, which is the last breakup candle? So we don't know that. Closing below on a daily chart, getting below, certainly would be a red flag. But until and unless that happens, there's nothing wrong with the transports. Just playing umpire, calling balls and strikes. That's what we want to train our mind to do. We have to learn how to check the bias at the front door. How about the cues? Anything wrong with this market? Absolutely not. Headed higher, making new highs, continuing to be bullish. Above all the moving averages, well above all the moving averages. So, that being said, it's bullish, but not out of the realm of possibility to have some pullbacks along the way. We should expect those, and when we do see those, you'll hear all kinds of things about the market topped. Now, it may top then, it may not top then. We're not going to make any predetermined decisions about a topping of the market before it tops. We'll find a top. Don't worry about it. We have to wait for the top. How do we do that? The same way we always do it. We wait for the market to put in a sign or signal of a trend change. What is that? Those are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. There are several. We teach how to put them together so that we can identify a potential turn in the market and have something to trade against. Why do we need something to trade against? So we know where we're wrong, and if we have to lose, we lose small and fast and we move on to the next trade, and we don't have to have one of these big open wounds. Those tend to persist on and on and on. They get worse and worse and worse. Sometimes we just want to rip the Band-Aid off and move on. How about the financials? Anything wacky going on with the financials? Some traders may want to call this a topping signal. I don't want to call that a topping signal. I would rather call it an up day by one half of 1% and move on. Nothing wrong with the chart. It's in an uptrend. Above all the moving averages, you have to let it go until the XLF or any other market for that matter in the position we are shows us something relevant. Here's an example of what I mean by that. We're back to the spider and you can see the volume today again, very, very light. Increased from Wednesday to Thursday, increased from Thursday to Friday, but a slight drop today. But it's still very, very light volume, well below the 90-day average. So we can't really read too much into that. However, jumping back over to the XLF, we will notice something a little bit different starting to develop. While we do have a new recent closing high, we did have a pickup in volume with a potential tail candle. I don't want to make too much out of the tail candle, but when you start to put that together 
with the volume. You have to put it as a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Nothing definitive yet because we're so high on the chart. So it could be just a pullback in order down to $28.50, maybe even $28. But that wouldn't be a market-moving event. You come below Friday's low, that's something different. We're watching. It's a puzzle piece. We put it on the table. How about the SMH? Very, very bullish. A very good indicator of the tech space. We've been watching this chart, not the monthly, but the weekly chart, and we've been saying nothing wrong with this chart. It's in an uptrend. It continues higher. We closed above this breakdown candle high a while ago. That was a tip-off. Here we go again. Nothing wrong with the SMH. If on the daily chart we put in a sign or signal of a trend change, that may be something different. We will have something to trade against and maybe have a downside target. Until and unless that happens, nothing doing. It's bullish, and that's it. One of the mistakes a lot of newer traders make is just because a market's up, they think there's a short trade around the corner. There doesn't have to be a short trade, especially when a market is at new highs, above all the moving averages, really powering forward. You're fighting the tape at that point. It's very difficult to fight the market. You're fighting upstream. Trying to pick out a high in any market you're looking at, doesn't matter whether you're looking at a stock, an ETF, any chart you're looking at, trying to pick the high is generally a guess the majority of the time. That's just the way it is. Let's take a look at some stocks before we split. Apple, we talked about 250, maybe it's higher. I'm not suggesting shorting 250. I'm not a shorter of Apple with a chart that looks like this. You don't know where the top is. Could be 250. Could be 260, could be 300. Puts in a topping signal, different story, you have something to trade against. Facebook. I always get a lot of questions about Facebook, and lately, over the last several weeks, I've been getting questions, where's the resistance on Facebook? And I kept saying, 190, 190, 190. It turns out, it's 190. Whether it's slightly above 190 or slightly below, doesn't really matter. Ballpark, 190. If we get a close above 190 on the daily chart, there could be some room to get sucked up to the upside. It's been fighting 190. Let me show you what I'm looking at. So you can see here, this is all 190. So you've been trying to get above 190. You've tried here, you tried here, you tried here, you tried here, and now you're trying again. So if they get above and they start closing above 190, where's it going to go? 200. It's still a big if. You have to get above 190. You have to close above 190 on the day. At a minimum, closing at 190.80 is not going to do it. You got to get above 190, 191. You got to get above this breakdown candle high. Happens to be 190.65. Was using 190 as a ballpark. But if you do, that's going to be bullish. How about Google? They reported earnings after the bell today. So we've seen already a rodeo ride down to 12.30. Currently, as I make this, at 12.73. The daily chart looks like a lot of other daily charts above all the moving averages. So there is some room to let some air out of the sail if they want to, but there's nothing real bearish on this chart. What about this chart, the weekly chart? Well, here you go. If you get above the high of 12.96 and change, call it 12.97, you close the week up there, that's a different story. We'll check back on Friday. A lot can happen in the middle. How about the pot stocks? Canopy, 
Certainly had a decent rally off the lows, but we never had any kind of explosion. No kind of rocket ride we're looking for. Not yet, anyway. Tilray's another one that I know a lot of traders like to look at. Not really having a robust rally off the lows. Kronos is another one. Same routine. Never really got anywhere close to that one-day spike after market, after hours, up above 10 bucks. Happened the next morning real quick, and then they collapsed again. And now, essentially making a bear pattern, a bearish wedge or flag pattern, as a result of that crap out on the 17th of October. Aurora is another one, ACB, nothing doing. These are in a downtrend, can't get off the mat. I had a request to cover Illumina, so we'll cover Illumina. We talk about this, so I'm glad I'm covering it. We talk about this all the time. So here's a move upward, looked like it was going to consolidate to make another one, another move higher out of this bull flag pattern, starts to and fails. So this was probably earnings the other day, fails. So we always say the same energy that's generally going to be released in the same direction as a continuation move ends up being released in the downward direction, in the southern direction, in this case, out of a failure. Then we have a bounce back. So what's the net result? Well, we don't really have a net result on the daily chart, so we really need to take it a step further. The weekly chart. So what's the case on the weekly chart? It's interesting. This is not an easy one. There's a couple of things going. What's the first thing that jumps out at me on the weekly chart? A huge down move, and this is essentially some kind of big bear flag pattern, bear wedge pattern. It's a little sloppy, but still bearish nonetheless. That's item number one. We're below two of the moving averages, above one, sandwiched in between. We're not really in terrible shape, because of the last thing that jumps out at me, which is the move off the low a few weeks ago, and now essentially consolidating in a bull flag to maybe get above these moving averages and make a run up this breakdown candle. Doesn't necessarily have to get all the way to the top, but certainly can make a run for maybe three and a quarter, 350 maybe. If you have a bullish market and you get above the moving averages, certainly there's a lot of space to run up here, but you have to do the work first. You got to get above the moving averages. How about shop? We had a request for shop. So this is interesting. On the daily chart, it's not bullish, it's bearish. You did make a low last week and certainly can run up higher into these moving averages. And if you get above and close above this pivot high here, 350 we'll call it, then you have some room, some white space up here to challenge some higher numbers. But that's a big if. That's a lot of points away from where we are. The real picture is when you go over to the weekly chart and you see what's developing, you see a bearish pattern on the weekly chart developing, a bear flag pattern, a bearish wedge pattern, something like this. So it's not to say we can't move around back and forth in here, above here. That's certainly possible, but until and unless you get above here, then this will generally result in another move in the lower or southern direction. That's what I see on shop. And with that, folks, it's about everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. So I will give it a wrap here. We will pull the ripcord. Before I do that, I do want to thank everybody. Without you, these videos are not possible. So I appreciate each and every one of you. Now, that being said... I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense 
market analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.